Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm David Bax. Tyler Smith is on assignment. Um, we got, we're going to have a, a, a good time with a good guest here today, but I'm going to go ahead and get these bills paid uh, right out of the gate. So let me tell you, well, you know, I say that and then I realize I didn't have the copy up on my phone. Here it is. Okay, this episode is brought to you by Mubi a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, movies curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $8.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Right now, uh, they still have, we talked about last week, their... Um, uh, their occasional theatrical releases. So the uh, the theatrical release of uh, the documentary Ryuichi Sakamoto Koda is still playing in theaters. Uh, it's now in New York uh, until August 5th and will open in Chicago and San Francisco July 27th. That's uh, after you're hearing this. So it's already open in Chicago and San Francisco. For a full list of screenings in 40-plus cities across the U.S., visit coda.mubi.com. There is also... A uh, special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension uh, for movie, not specifically for the Ryuichi Sakamoto documentary, but you should go see that anyway because it sounds great. Uh, you can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com. That's M-U-B-I dot com slash Battleship to redeem now. And I also want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great and they sound great. And Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives today. I'm going to do a, a, a repeat last week. I'm still listening to these new chants, the rapper tracks. I'm liking them. Uh, I don't know how you feel uh, at home. I know Tyler doesn't barely even knows who chance the rapper is um uh, but uh all sorts of great stuff sounds great on your tweakedaudio.com earbuds which are available at a low low price at tweakedaudio.com but not so fast if you use the offer code pretension at checkout i hope you didn't already check out before i got to this if you use the offer code pretension at checkout you get one third off that low low price and no shipping charges so go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking what's your secret Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Now time for me to keep talking but only for a moment because i finally get to let let someone else do the talking uh, uh also for a moment and then i'll probably start talking again that's how podcasts generally go uh it'll be a it'll be a back and forth for the most part uh, a little bit of overlap altman style um no but our uh, our guest he's been a guest on the show many many times was once a, a contributor to the website but now uh his uh talents are put to better use <laughs> over at nerdist.com please welcome kyle anderson hello everyone hello david thanks for having me back 
back. Thanks for coming back. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for sitting in Tyler's chair. I'm glad. Uh, oh, I uh, didn't even. Get, I didn't even think about it. I just sat down. Uh, no, I intentionally set Got up it. the mics that way. All yeah. right. Well, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna relegate you to the guest chair. I'm already in empty. his house. I just feel you yeah, know. He's not here. He's, it's fine. We're, it's all right. Yeah, we're in his house. This is a thing that we do sometimes. Sure. Uh, because this is where a recording studio is. I we think the last time I was on, I didn't, Tyler wasn't here. Was the, would that have been the, the Kyle's, Kyle's Anderson, Kyle's yes. Anderson episode, yes. um, which I, I did not run into Kyle, uh, other Kyle entertainment, the Kyle yeah. at Comic-Con this year. We'll, we'll be talking about Comic-Con today. Yes. Uh, I know he was there. I didn't run into him yeah, at I didn't all. Either. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure he had a good time. We could, we should have had him back and done Kyle's. <laughs> yeah, we should have. Um, we can still do that. That's still uh, something we can do. Uh, not specifically. Uh, I think it's too late today to do it. Today. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but it's yeah, probably, so it's pretty late in the day. We can do Kyle's Anderson part two. Yeah. Uh, sometime in the future, but our favorite Kyle is here. Thank you. Our favorite Kyle Anderson. So nice of you to uh, probably our favorite Kyle. I don't know. It's like McLaughlin. I mean, he's pretty great. He's up there. Yeah. Who are your other famous Kyle's? Oh gosh. M- McLaughlin was the big one when I was growing up. Uh, because uh, of Twin Peaks. And I, d- yeah. I don't really think there was all that many other Kyles. Kyle uh, Reese is the character from Terminator. Okay. You got Kyle Richards, who was a real housewife. <laughs> um, you got Kyle. Oh, okay. That's a lady Kyle. That's a lady Kyle. Because there's a lot of lady Kylies, obviously. True. There's Kylie Minogue. Right. Who's awesome. And then there is uh, I, a, not a super famous supermodel, but I know her for... for uh, reasons that are about to become apparent kylie backs oh sure there's yeah yeah uh i remember being it being very weird like seeing her on the cover of fhm magazine right. looking at, out from the from the from the stacks at uh whatever now who's know, that magazine store. for <laughs> uh, wait, I, you know i've forgotten what it even stands for for him magazine oh god real yeah. dumb yeah real real dumb uh, it, just uh, for men magazine yeah basically <laughs> the hair coloring magazine um i uh growing up in colorado as i did uh there was a newscaster in one of the local stations uh a lady named kyle dyer so she was okay. the most famous kyle for most of my life because mclaughlin had kind of faded away now he's back better than ever as yeah. far as i'm concerned but okay we missed uh i, I looked up famous kyle's Great. by the way wonderful um the one I was trying to think of, but I didn't because I'm not a NASCAR guy. Kyle Busch sure. is the name of the NASCAR driver. And I think there's another even NASCAR one, Kyle. Okay. I don't remember. Um, Kyle Busch, yeah. But we missed a big one in terms of actors. We missed Kyle Chandler, uh, coach from Friday Night Lights. Yeah. His name is Kyle, isn't it? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. But yeah, there really aren't very many. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty, that's, you know, one of the reasons my mom named me that was that. And also that there was not any apparent, uh, like nickname for it or like, okay. Cause my mom grew up with the name Tina. And so there's lots of like derogatory things that rhyme with Tina oh, or okay. can be turned into rhymes or things like that. Okay. And so she made a point with both my brother Todd and myself n- that there were, uh, names that were not, you know, easy to make fun of completely discounting all of the kids in elementary school who called me fat ass <laughs> completely didn't even think about that uh should have not fed me so much cookies and soda yeah. pop uh but yeah yeah i guess david's hard to make fun of too there's uh like kids called me davy crockett which i thought was cool yeah that's fine um even though i didn't really like davy i used to be 
a very particular like my name's not dave or davy it's mm-hmm. david i'm not really particular about that anymore almost no one calls me dave i don't think i come across well, as a now dave. it's sort of like your joke on your joke handle is davy pretension yeah and that's that's uh uh well the 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 whole point of that joke is tyler and i used to have different right uh twitter handles and then we decided to like in, in terms of branding it would, it would both <laughs> right. be like name pretension yeah and i was like like the ramones and then to f- sell the ramones joke right i changed it to davy because Davey. that's yeah uh what you would do if you were a ramon yeah you just put a y at the end of yeah. some name like yeah. marky nobody's called marky, marky. <laughs> man the man's name is mark whatever yeah something very italian i'm sure um yeah oh man i've i know we've talked on the podcast before have you ever seen that marky ramon uh gelato commercial i've heard about it i've actually never seen it it's so great (laughs) it's one of my favorite uh commercials we'll talk about okay here's what happens real quick rundown it's like a club and they bring out marky ramon and he plays drums while someone sings a song about ice cream it's like a ramon style style song it's like gimme 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 your ice cream something like that and then after one song he's done right and someone comes out and hands him an ice cream cone (laughs) which he very commercial style very very clearly doesn't take a uh, like a huge <laughs> lick out of you know okay um and then this is where it elevates into pure genius is that then after having not taken a huge lick out of this ice cream cone he walks to the front of the stage and hands the ice cream cone to a pretty girl in the front row who then also takes an enormous fake lick and immediately goes woo like there's clearly she's not trying to sell this ice cream right. at all. she immediately goes woo uh and i've watched it probably 500 times sure okay well now <laughs> i want to watch it i'll watch it when i get home uh that's so weird yeah, I, I lo- well, that's a local spot, I imagine, right? I think it's actually Italian. I think it's actually oh, an Italian, even though it's in the song they sing is in is in English. Sure, but I'm pretty sure it was for an Italian company. Interesting. Um, but I, I could I could I could be wrong about no, that. I mean, you might be right. Yeah, I we um, my fiance and I went to um, Italy last year, and we watched a lot of. Uh, Italian TV, the commercials are all in Italian and it's all very weird. And, and, but we tried to find something that was, and they do have some English channels. And the one that we, we, we got on was, was basically all they showed was American crime, like police procedurals. That's like Uh all they showed. And they would have their, you know, the seven episodes of the seven different TV shows and they would just replay them for an entire week. And we got to, we split a week basically from when we were there. Uh, and so we got to see this group of shows and then a completely different group of shows, but those same episodes would repeat over and over. And the name of that channel is top crime. <laughs> cause that's cause the, the promos would all be in Italian yeah. and it would just be, you know, talking in Italian. And then the woman would go, Top crime. <laughs> um, that reminds me of uh, uh, I've been in Mexico a number of times, and I feel like Mex- in Mexico the Big Bang Theory must be huge because yeah. I've never watched I've never watched it here in the U.S. But I've seen so many Big Bang Theory episodes because it's on the one English language. It's like yeah. mostly English language, but it has sure uh, subtitles. Um, and it's always like every yeah. time I've been in a hotel or an Airbnb in Mexico, there's Big Bang Theory. And last uh, we were just there in March, we, uh, Natalie and I, we watched a bunch of Big Bang Theory. And it's like like you're doing the top crime. It was the name of the channel. It was uh, it was the Warner Brothers channel. So it was on Warner. Uh, <laughs> so it was like they, and they, were, they were showing Big Bang Theory all day. So it would be uh, the Big Bang Theory marathon on Warner. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so, yeah, we um, now 
that's how we pronounce the words Warner Theory and Marathon uh, around around our house. Yeah, we Marathon. we haven't Warner. done it for a while, but we we would say top crime to each other a lot. <laughs> uh, when, so when we were in Italy, I love Italian movies. I watch a ton of Italian movies, right? Yeah, um, uh, and so I was like, there has to be a channel that is showing because most of the channels that you get in hotels are not like the cool channels. Most of those are like basic tier cable or local news or like we, yeah. we would get BBC news, but that was con- consistently depressing. So we wouldn't watch that. Yeah. You're supposed to be on vacation. Yeah. Right. So we were like top crime was the one thing that we could watch, but um, there was one, I forget which hotel we were in. I found like a, basically the TCM or the, you know, like Fox movie channel of Italy. And I was like, uh-huh. awesome. And I was watching it and it's like, a, it's some Marce- Marcello Mastriani movie I've never seen. I'm like, this is great. And it doesn't, there was no way to turn subtitles on. Uh-huh. And I was just like, well, this isn't going to work. Cause I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I think I probably would have just watched. I it did anyway. it for a bit. I did do it for a bit. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, uh, let's talk about Comic-Con. Sure. I guess, um, I'm trying to find, so this was a, this will probably be what we were saying. You and I were saying off mic, this will probably be a shorter episode yeah. because, uh, there's just the two of us here. Um, and I was ki- kind of barely at Comic-Con. Like yeah. I felt like, like when I looked at my, I was like, okay, normally I go Wednesday to Sunday, but now I'm going to go Friday to Sunday. I was like, okay, it'll only be half as short, but really like I didn't leave Los Angeles until like 1 PM on Friday. Cause I worked uh-huh. and then it took me. So by the time I even got to the convention, it was like six 30 right. on Friday. So I basically had like, one panel Friday night and then I had Saturday and then Sunday I don't really go to panels or do anything. I just sort of have brunch, uh, yeah. have a standing brunch with, uh, uh, Kate Kolzik, uh, of sure. the Televerse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we, we did that, uh, we did that every Sunday and then, so I felt like I was, it was a whirlwind, yeah. uh, um, comic con for me. So I won't have very much at all to, 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 to talk about. Um, so, uh, I'll start by throwing it to you. Well, first off, uh, I'll ask the question I'm sure I've asked you before. How many Comic-Cons is this for you? I was trying to think of that this year. Well, I went to my first one in 2009, I want to say, maybe. Or okay. No, no, no. So I moved to L.A. in 2008. Uh, in 2009, I went to WonderCon, which at that point was in... Um, uh, San, San Francisco. Francisco still. Okay. At, I, I never went to the Moscone center. I think it was like maybe the last year it okay. was there. Uh, it was really nice. And then the following year. So 2010 is, is I went to comic con and then I've, I think I've gone every year after that. So this would have been my eighth year, but I've been working be your ninth. ninth one, 20, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I've worked probably the past seven, six okay. or seven. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I've, this was my 13th. I went the first couple of years just as a fan. Then I, 2000, first three years, I went six, seven, eight. I was just a fan starting in 2009 is when I had a press pass. And I've, over the years, I've tried up and down every which way to, like, cover Comic-Con for uh-huh. Battleship Pretension. And I just realized, like... Uh, it doesn't nothing yeah uh, nothing for our i don't know if it's it's i think it's a mix of like our i don't know you guys can tell you guys at home can let us know i I feel like it's a mix of our readership is not necessarily the comic-con yeah people but also it's a mix of just like the the market has been cornered like 
you know, bigger outlets like, like Nerdist, like Collider, like Slash Film, you know, yeah. they're, uh, if people want Comic-Con news, they're kind of just refreshing. That's those sites all day. Yeah. They're not coming to a site that, you know, 51 weeks out of the year is mostly like art house for right, right, stuff. Right. <laughs> and then we happen to nerd out about, uh, Comic-Con every year, but I still love Comic-Con. Um, and and this year was uh, was no exception. I'll definitely be back next year. I was definitely going through like withdrawals. We talked about it on the last week on the podcast because when we recorded last week, the con had already started and we weren't there. Uh-huh. And so I, I definitely like the first couple of days that I not not being there was I was missing it. So I'll yeah. I'll, I'll try to go back for for more uh, next year. Yeah, it's but, sort uh, of it's. I, I do like it this year. I don't know. It, it felt kind of lighter to me in a lot of ways. Like I know there was a ton of people there, but even that it didn't feel like there was that as many people around me at all times. Yeah. Um, and now we had, and I think it's also like different, like, cause we had a, we had a spot Nerdist did up, uh, uh on sixth street, I think, um, uh-huh. uh, further away about maybe, you know, a, a ways up from the con- convention center. And there was more of that. I, I do find like the further North we got in San Diego, there was still, I mean, still just a gas lamp, but like there were still a lot of people around. There yeah. wasn't like all condensed around the convention center, which meant that when I was walking around the convention center, it was crowded, but it wasn't like it as, wasn't, yeah. as bad as it has been in years past. I feel like well, two or three years ago, it was so bad that it's like, you yeah. don't even try. Well, I think it's a number of things that uh this year that were different because marvel studios Mm -hmm. in terms of movies didn't come this year and hbo didn't come at all right so you didn't have the hall h sort of you know mass of people right you know but i mean people were still there excited for for the warner brothers uh uh, warner brothers panel (laughs) and i guess on on sunday is always big because like supernatural and stuff sure in there but i've I've been going since before Hall H was even open on Sundays. Right. You know, it, yeah, used, it, to, didn't used to be, did yeah, it? Yeah. It was not open on Sundays this year. Um, this year, even Indigo was open. I think this is the first year that the Indigo Barroom, which, uh, for those who don't know, is the third largest, mm-hmm. uh, panel room, uh, at, at, at Comic-Con. This is the first year ever that Indigo was open on Sunday, but I don't think um, ballroom 20 was, um, Oh yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. It wasn't. Yeah, bottom twenty. I think yeah. Once Saturday ends, it's the masquerade, it, right? Um, and then they're done. Yeah, which I've been to the masquerade once. Uh, I'm glad I've, I can yeah. say that I've done it once. Yeah, it goes on forever, but it does feel like kind of a, I don't know. You a, see some cool things. A rite sure. of passage. Yeah. yeah, I've always wanted to go where they do. Because you have to to actually be at the masquerade. Did you go, go to the masquerade? I haven't like, been in years now. Um, but you have been. I have been once. Yeah. So they actually go to the masquerade, which again, for those who don't know, the masquerade is like sort of a, a cosplay pageant, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it starts at eight p.m. on Saturday night, I think, and literally goes like three hours. Um, uh, and you have to like line up early, or, or or not line up early, but show up early to get tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to pay for the tickets. If you have a badge. You get a ticket. But you have to go early in the afternoon. Uh, but then they also have like overflow rooms where you can watch it, including the sales pavilion, which is the big open area where they usually during the day they have autograph signings. Mm-hmm. You can watch it on screens in the sales pavilion, and you can actually buy beer. Oh, at the really? Convention, which I've never done. <laughs> that's smart. But that would be fun. That's the only time. Uh, that during during comic-con that you can drink at the convention center mm. um 
so maybe yeah maybe next year i'll do that uh probably yeah, not fun. i don't know saturday is yeah, who knows uh, i'm usually uh pretty wiped we're eating sushi um, yeah well, yeah i have a standing sushi uh dinner which you joined us for mm-hmm. um but the, uh, the other reason i think ca- uh congestion was a little different is because of the way they did the shuttles right they closed off the street in front of the convention center so that the, yeah, the little driveway that there's up there um but so the driveway you could now walk on right and they closed off the actual street um, for the shuttles, so I think that made the the outside of the convention center feel more yeah. uh, open because you suddenly had three times as much space, and instead of everyone cramming down like a yeah. four foot wide. Uh, well, because I think last year that there there was a lot of um, like li- uh, Lyft and Uber traffic that was clogging that. Okay. Um, so it was just, it was packed all the way around, I think. And there was, you know, there wasn't a designated, like, here's where lifts or Ubers can drop off. So people would like, yeah, you know, who were far enough away that they couldn't walk to the convention center every day or didn't feel like it. They would have to take some sort of, and then they would either have to be dropped off way far away basically, or would have to wait in a super long line and then to get picked up. So that was our, our issue because Nerdist had a, had a, uh, activation at the Marriott next door to the convention center last year. And that was a nightmare yeah, I'm to sure. get to, to and from every day. Uh, and, and also it, there's not a ton of foot traffic in, in the patio area, which is where our thing actually was. So yeah, we were way, way better off this time where we were up the street and, you know, in a, in an air conditioned building, <laughs> which was nice. Um, uh, but yeah, so there was, that and I was mostly on the uh, you know I went to do- uh, cover Doctor Who stuff on Thursday, which I'm really happy that Doctor Who was on Thursday because every year previously it, it is also on Sundays. Yeah, and always the last panel. Like, um, yeah, yeah. I think I was telling. I think I told you when we were eating or or at some point that I uh, last year's Comic Con we watched it and then we had to run from Hall H back to that Marriott. Uh-huh inside to the what was our production office to get our bags that we had brought there and then outside and get on the bus to take us home like it was that fast oh that's awful yeah Yeah. so this time it was the basically the first thing on thursday um and it was great and it was like cool that's that out of the way and it was it was you know they didn't show really anything at all there's a teaser but there's hardly anything in it um but we but we met the new doctor yeah jody jody whitaker jody whitaker um, or Jody Whittaker because there's two T's, right? Um, and she's really great. Uh, I think she's very excited to be uh, in the role, which you know is always something that you want to see. And so it was mostly, and it was actually a great thing that they did. Having it on Thursday meant that they had already unveiled her and and the show and everything. And so she and the other cast members could just go show up at other stuff throughout the weekend. Yeah, that's cool. And, and kind of make a fun thing out of it, as opposed to being like you know, hidden the whole weekend. Yeah. Um, which is, you always run the risk of that when it's like, this is the big thing we're unveiling. You can't go do any press before that or anything like that. Like yeah. it's just annoying. Um, but yeah, I, so it was cool. I remember in 2010, they did a, a, a panel, um, uh, on Friday in Hall H entertainment. They used to do like, I think they were called visionaries panels or whatever. And it was, oh, I remember so, that, yeah. so it was just Joss Whedon and JJ Abrams just okay. for an hour of Q and a, and that was on Friday. On Saturday, at the end of the day in Hall H, was the Marvel panel, which is when they were uh, 
if you remember uh, that year, that was when they officially announced the Avengers cast, including Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. And when they officially announced Joss Whedon was directing the Avengers, but everyone kind of knew that Joss Whedon was directing the Avengers. And so that day, like before at his visionaries panel, he was just openly talking about it, <laughs> uh, which is so very funny to me. That is funny. Um, uh, that that <laughs> still reminds me of, I'll tell a Joss Whedon story from this year, uh, in a second, but that, uh, uh, and I know, uh, he's definitely, uh, problematic and I certainly understand why some people might uh, have some problems after what, what, uh, what his, uh, uh, wife revealed about their relationship. Yeah. That, um, but, uh, that year at the visionaries panel, Joss Whedon had a line, uh, a, a joke that I really liked, which was, um, someone asked like, do you have any favorite, like, props that you've kept or stolen from stuff that you worked on and um joss whedon was like well i have an alien egg but i had to kill the franchise to get it <laughs> uh, I that was pretty funny uh, this year my wife and i were in line for the amazon party i guess i'll not uh, the jack ryan uh, amazon slash ign party right um and uh joss whedon came up and stood behind us in line and then i think he saw me kind of like nudge natalie like try to say hey that's joss whedon and then he left the line and uh-huh. then we ended up seeing him up on the roof at some point so i guess he he's joss whedon he just uses his joss sure. whedon to go in another way yeah um uh but then i saw him and i was telling the same story to our friend uh angie han who was on the show two weeks ago and she was like i, I think he just saw you do it again <laughs> like you're telling the story <laughs> about joss whedon uh he ended up being like right behind us again uh, <laughs> that's yeah. funny. Um, that's the kind of fun thing you can get at Comic Con, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think if I had any other big celebrity settings. Well, two of the four impractical jokers were at that Amazon party. Well, well, well. And last year at the Fandango, so it was it was. Uh, uh, I don't. Know, do you watch Impractical Jokers? I know what it is. Okay. I haven't watched it. So Joe and Q were at the Amazon party last year at the Fandango party. I saw Murr. That means Sal is the only Impractical Joker I have yet to personally lay eyes on. Interesting. Um, uh, I'm a not at all closeted Impractical Jokers mega fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the kind of thing that's like because it's because of like when it's on and the fact that they show a bunch in a row. It's like if it's late at night and it's like, ah, I don't have enough time to watch a movie before right. bed, but I can certainly watch two and a half Impractical Jokers episodes sure. in a row. And so at this point, I've probably seen every episode. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. All right. So um, uh, I was going to ask you something else about the uh, Doctor Who, the Doctor Who panel, something about Jodie Whittaker, but I don't remember what it was. OK, but I am a fan of hers. Uh, yeah, she was. I mean. Uh, I really liked Broadchurch quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people who maybe have listened to this or know me from Elf Store know that I'm a, a big, giant Doctor Who fan. And uh, Chris Chibnall used to, has, has written for Doctor Who, written so so episodes of Doctor okay. Who. And he used to basically be the showrunner of Torchwood, the first two seasons, which are, the first season of Torchwood is legit terrible. Um, uh, okay. I don't know. It's I'm trying to remember. I remember I, I guess I liked it here and there. Yeah. I I did not. I have never revisited it. Um Okay. But uh second season was a lot better. But And then the third, the uh the miniseries, Children of Earth, yeah, was, was a highlight of what they've done. Yes. Yeah. And then there was the American season, which started out really promising. Yep. 
and it ended okay, but yeah, it really dragged there. That middle while. section was bad. That whole section where they were in Santa Monica, and it was just like, what's happening? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it was cool to see because uh, I yeah I can't talk Doctor Who, but I can talk Torchwood. Okay. I've seen all of it. Great. It was cool to see Torchwood with a like a serious budget when it was on Showtime. Yeah, that's or true. Whatever. Like yeah, there was yeah. like stars like helicopters and, yeah. and stuff like that, that first was, episode of that season has so much going for it and i forget who the director was but it's somebody who's like a fairly big director in um uh uk television and f- features um uh well i'm gonna look it up oh yeah but, but um, so yeah so I, people will also know jody whitaker from uh attack the block attack the block yeah uh but yeah Broadchurch is where i probably yeah fell in love and, with and she's so tremendous on Broadchurch, and it's it's also just really nice to see her play like a fun character or and just kind of be fun because her character on Broadchurch is the opposite. Like yeah, out of necessity, she's the mother of a kidnapped spoilers. And then all no, there's not even an episode where you find, think he's kidnapped. He's just yeah. dead. Yeah. He's dead. At the, yeah, That's he's, the beginning of it. So she, she's the, the uh, mother of a murdered young boy. So she's constantly in distress or, you know, grieving. And so it's really nice to see her kind of play like a, a happy go lucky character and just kind of be a happy general person about it. Um, but anyway, what I was saying about Chibnall is that like, I was sort of unsure of what he was going to do with the show because I'd never really heard him speak all that much. And, uh, you know, I didn't really care for much else that he did besides, um, Broadchurch, the one first season. Um, but he, he, you know, he said some some things that I was like, I got really excited about, and and that they're going to kind of go in a new direction and uh, make it so you don't have to have seen anything other than what you're watching now. So I think that's a good way to get new people on because the last couple, especially the last couple seasons of, of Stephen Moffat's run, was all references to stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, as a huge fan of the entirety of it, and have seen all of the what did I? 746 extant episodes or something like oh, that. Wow. Um, uh, how many are there that are as far as we know lost it's at 97. Oh wow. That's more than I thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, they used to back in the sixties cause it started in 63. They would do upwards of 40 episodes a year. Wow. It was just, it was like soap operas. They would just do yeah. it weekly. Um, and so I think the, the biggest year, what they had 46 episodes, which is like basically the entire year is, is there's yeah. doctor who. So there's a, a huge chunk of those that are missing because the BBC at a certain point in the early seventies was like, no one's ever going to want to watch these again. Yeah. We could use the tapes again. So yeah. then they just erased them. Yeah. So, there's a lot of weird yeah. stuff like that in, in, uh, entertainment yeah. history. And there's also a weird story where like they were going to wipe all of Monty Python's flying circus. And I, I can't remember which Terry it is. I think it's Terry Gilliam, but it might be Terry Jones. I don't remember. Well, like heard that that like a friend of his at the BBC was like, Hey, Python is scheduled to, I think it was Jones actually is scheduled to get wiped next week. And so then he went in and his friend like let him go in and he stole the tapes (laughs) so that in a few years when they wanted, when the BBC wanted to show it again, they had to go to him and be like, can we, can we, can we have these back? He's like, are you going to erase them? Yeah. And they're like, no. And he's like, okay. And so that's why we can have, all, uh, all well, the episodes of Monty Python's Flying I'm, Circus. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, sometimes I love like filmed entertainment, like TV and film, like yeah. seem like such huge machines. And then when you find someone just did something so like straightforward like that, yeah. Like you know, um, uh, Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah. They weren't gonna 
uh, let it get away with an R rating because of the part where the the shot where the little girl gets shot yeah. at the beginning. Like if it's a, there's a squib on her chest and it's like it's like a you know an eight year old girl getting yeah, shot yeah. point blank in the chest. It's pretty uh, upsetting. Yeah, and so John Carpenter just basically like cut it and like ran off. I guess I guess he would have had to run off a print being in 1970. Like six, and, yeah resubmitted it to the MPAA with that shot gone and then put it back in. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, no one's going to check. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's hilarious to me. Uh, and then there's the flip side where like studios will be like, we want this cut out and they'll cut it out and then just destroy the old, like the, the stuff that they got cut out or they had to reshoot or whatever. That's why you have stuff like the magnificent Ambersons, which is you can yeah. never that Wells's version is gone because yeah. They but I feel that was like intention. That was like well, that spice. Was, yeah, uh, they didn't want Orson Welles to be able to yeah. make his version, which is insane. How dare you um, have a great movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so and then you know, you know there are we're, we're off topic, but that's okay. We don't have that matter. much to talk about. Yeah, um, there are some like director's cuts out there. I'm like, or, or there's things that should have been put back together as a director's cut that I don't understand why they're not uh-huh. a big one for me. Cause it's one of my favorite, uh, not one of my favorite movies, but a movie I really love is Jacob's ladder. Okay. Which I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. So, uh, and maybe you've noticed like the second half gets a little less horror. It's, mm-hmm. it's more like psychological drama and thriller type stuff. But like, that's because there's like 25 minutes of stuff that they cut out oh, wow. both because it was weird and intense. And also because even without that 25 minutes, Jacob's letter is already two hours and 10 minutes yeah, long. long. So movie. it would have been over two and a half hours, yeah. but I want to watch that over two and, and the, the stuff exists and you can watch those scenes, mm. but what, but they're like only an SD, like as a special feature, yeah. like would it really, it wouldn't cost that much to go like, you know, um, it, it go back to the trims and, and and scan those and make an HD director's cut, right? Like, I guess so. I always it. feel like they run into like maybe those elements only exist in SD now. Maybe they they got they got video copied, yeah, just for the video release, and then they don't have the originals anymore. Uh, that's one thing. It could be uh, the director is happy with the, the cut that exists and doesn't want to put a director's cut. Sure, out. yeah, that, but I, I, I think that's not the case, and I think he would have been okay. Happy, but I could be wrong. And then the third one is that whoever owns the, the rights has no interest in putting that yeah. out again. Yeah, but you could get um, what was because uh, Shout Factory. And we'll talk about Shout Factory uh, in yeah. a minute, but um, I want to say it was Colors, the Dennis Hopper. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, they did put it out. Yeah, um, but they put that out. But that that's a scene. That's a thing where the the director's cut scenes only exist in SD, and they literally just like the movie just goes into SD yeah. during those <laughs> scenes and comes back. Uh, it's weird. Uh, I mean, they, they did some. I think they did a little bit of restoration, maybe on the SD. It's not. I don't know if you watched it. It's not like jarring sure uh but it is a weird solution that you think uh i guess that's where you get like the in terms of like cinephiles the clash between completists and purists do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) like is it better to have the full thing except some of it looks shitty or is it better to only have it in the most uh in the best resolution possible yeah But, but i guess the cinephile community spent decades watching Metropolis with just large yeah. where it was just like, here's what happens in the yeah. next, in this part. Well, that's like, I ran into cause I, uh, watched David Lynch's Dune a number of years ago. And cause everyone was like, you gotta watch. And that was just, I had never seen it and I watched it and I was just like, I don't really care for this. And they're like, did you watch the extended cut? And I was like, no, 
well, let me watch the extended cut. And it's that it's like, here's a bunch of stuff that didn't get filmed or didn't is not. Oh, okay. it's like storyboards with narration or whatever. And I was just like, that's not a movie. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just telling me what happened. <laughs> yeah. That's not, uh, it's that, not like a director's cut or something yeah. like that. It's just like, do you ever in, um, you saw American movie? I'm sure that documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember when he's, when he like runs out of, he runs out of money and he's like, he's like, I can't just put a title up on the screen that says, here's what would have happened. We had the money. I've been to, thousands of movies i've never seen that happen. <laughs> <laughs> i love uh a blue blue underground um which put out a lot of spaghetti westerns uh, okay in, in so they put out django the original django with uh, uh franco nero directed by sergio corbucci and there was elements that were cut out for the english language release and so they were never dubbed and so you can watch it with those back in but it just suddenly if you're watching the dubbed version it just suddenly goes to italian for like more violent stuff because yeah. that stuff got cut did out Did they at least subtitle that stuff yeah they did yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay and, I, and if I you're watching it all subtitled it's not an issue at all but if you're watching it dubbed because sometimes it's fun for me i like to watch them both ways uh-huh. and so that like that's a really fun kind of way to jar it um and then the other one is that arrow video who i also really like they just put out a movie that is I'm gonna. I'm sorry, Arrow. It's it's a fucking terrible movie. It's called Doom Asylum. Okay, <laughs> which is a crappy um, like '80s uh, slasher comedy kind of thing. Okay, which already I'm off. I I hate. Like it can be funny and also be a horror movie, but it can't be funny in in its horror. Does that make sense? Like I don't really care. Like Gremlins okay. is a is a funny movie, but the scary stuff is right, still pretty scary. Okay, yeah. But this was like like dumb jokes and like the the gore itself is funny, and it's just like I don't I don't like that because yeah, even something like cynical, Dead Alive, uh, okay. or, or you know that's funny, but it's also super intense. This yeah. was, anyway, it's a terrible movie, but. You could watch it in full frame or you could watch it in anamorphic widescreen, keeping in in mind that when they made the movie, they put in these old like black and white uh, uh, public domain movies, British like horror movies from the 30s, Uh whole scenes in it because the, the killer's supposed to be watching them okay. but when, when the wide shots he's watching home movies what are clearly home movies but when it cuts in it's these old movies that have nothing to do with anything um, but those are all in full frame and so if you watch it in full frame it, it's all just the same aspect uh-huh. ratio but then if you watch it in the anamorphic widescreen which looks alright and then it just it cuts just jumps, in yeah. it jumps uh, and it looks really bad it's a but terrible it movie Don't so it doesn't it. stay within the scope frame it literally gets yeah. back up that's crazy yeah because even yeah like obviously when Quentin Tarantino did it in Kill Bill 2 right he it's it's a one three three within the yeah within or, the or somebody like or, or, uh, or uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel is doing it to right. make you know to 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 talk about time going back yeah, yeah, further yeah. in time and stuff like that. This was literally just well shit. Let's unmat the widescreen <laughs> and put it all together, and that's what they did. Oh wow, it's bad. So I get, yeah, I'm thinking of like a home video nerd right now. So I'm guessing that thing that what that means is that it's actually the whole movie is in one three three just with mats for the two three five part. Do you know what I mean? Like the file like the the, the file itself yeah. on the D would have to I guess be I guess you're the, right. I guess it would have to be. Which means it's probably the bars probably aren't as black as they'd no. be if you're watching a regular two three five. Yeah. Uh anyway. 
that's important. No, but fun, um, fun to talk about if you're a, if you're a, if you're a home video nerd, which you and I both are. Yeah, I have I have definitely become that. Um, uh, but it's sort of, I, 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 I like it's sort of like how I like heavy metal, but I stopped short of calling myself a metalhead sure. because I know there are people who like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. are way no, more into it. Absolutely. So like, yeah, I, 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 I geek out about some home video stuff through but, my but, getting movies on home video. Yeah. I have become yes. knowledgeable about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's, uh, okay. So Thursday Back on track. That was, was Thursday. <laughs> anything else on Thursday? Um, no, I really did most of that was most of my thing was the nerdist fun. party was that night the, the, the nerdist party at or one Flux, of the one of yeah that was the one um, uh, co-sponsored by crack and rum that yeah. was where's flux flux is uh, north and like west ish I don't okay. I don't remember I followed people there so I don't okay. remember exactly <laughs> where it is but um, that one's you know that's the that's the more club atmosphere of a party okay um so not not my fave. I'd actually that that one and then our kind of like wrap up was all I didn't go to too many other parties. Friday, which we'll talk about in a second, I was so tired that after yeah. I had dinner with a friend and I had had a couple of drinks, I was like, I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. Because I was a tired man. That's sometimes nice nice to do. Yeah. Um but sometimes there have been nights where I've like at Comic-Con where I haven't had anything to do after dinner and I'm thinking I should just go to the hotel and go to bed and I end up just like people watching just well, that's like sitting too, at one of those, like a bar that has yeah. a view of fifth street or whatever, you but know, that's not like, that's not a party atmosphere. It's also not a talking yeah. to people atmosphere. Yeah. And I, I don't know when this happened, but I have, I feel like I have pretty good hearing except at parties and clubs, whatever the, the level of, uh, you know, decibel level of yeah. those, but I can't hear people at all. And so they're yelling in my face and I like, I don't know what you're saying, Yeah, which is really upsetting, especially when like, you know, your boss is talking to you or something. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> I, I can't hear you. Oh, wow. Maybe you have, cause there is such a thing as like an audio processing disorder. Maybe yeah. you have like a mild version I think I might, of that. Yeah. Where it's like, there's, I'm, I'm paying attention to too much of the sound. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is what's happening. Um, okay. So then Friday, uh, what did you do on Friday? Friday? Um, I hosted a panel, uh, about, the TV series Voltron Legendary Defender. That's the new Voltron. The newer, yeah. Yeah. Which is heading into its seventh season, although really it's like fourth season because they, the first two seasons were 13 and then they split up three, four, five, and six okay. into smaller seasons. Yeah. Um, That's like, I remember when uh, Project Runway celebrated its, what they kept calling the 10 year anniversary. It's uh-huh. like, no, it's the 10 season anniversary. Season, this right. you've been on like six and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you, how you get to like the voices in like season 12 already. And it's like that has show hasn't been on that long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, there was, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that show just in general. And we screened the, the premiere of the next season, which is dropping on August 10th, which will be another 13 episodes. And, um, uh, there was, there had been clamoring from the fans for LGBTQ representation in the show and the 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 big news out of that was that the next season confirms that there is a uh uh at least at least a queer character if not a a yeah fully gay uh or bi character. and it's one of i'm assuming it's one of the humans it's not yeah yeah yeah. it's not a right big gay robot that's the cop out yeah no 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 this (laughs) uh, and and the leader of the group too like the the kind of father figure oh cool there's flashbacks where you find out that he had a partner for a long time that before the series began, he chose work over relationship and basically, so that was really cool to watch and, and also get to watch the fans kind of, um, cause I had heard rumblings from the fan community 
that that was going to be something that was going to be asked about. Uh, and so this was kind of just like, well, no need to ask about uh-huh. that because we have confirmed it. So that's, that's really great. cool. And you have a podcast about Voltron. Right? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing a um, uh, a commentary podcast. So it's called Form Podcast, and that is um, comes out a couple episodes, um, and it's basically just audio audio commentary of all the episodes. Um, and it's not just me, thankfully, but it's like the people who make the show and are on the show and kind of do all the, you know, so it's basically like DVD commentary, except it's Netflix and there's no DVDs. So you basically just, and it's free. <laughs> yeah. so you just download it. That's great. And sync it up. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll talk about, um, Friday. The, the one, I guess the one panel I went to all week and I have to admit was the aforementioned shout facts yeah. panel, um, which I go to every year, uh, because they, I like, I, I like companies like uh, that, that, that respect Comic-Con or yeah. enjoy, like they intentionally hold news yeah. uh, and shout and scream are great about that. They yeah, uh, show yeah. up every year and they're like, here's 20 things we're putting out and here in some cases, like here's the, 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 the art that we have, uh-huh. or here's like a clip from a special feature we produced or whatever. So they, um, they announced, I'm going to run through them. They announced, what they're calling the Legally Blonde collection is really just Legally Blonde and Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde. It's not the direct it's, it's none of the non-Reese material. Great. So the direct video Legally Blondes, uh-huh. not on there. Great. The short-lived Legally Blonde TV series, not uh-huh. on there. The le- Also short-lived Legally Blonde reality series, not on there. Oh, gosh. I didn't even know that one existed. Um, but uh, it's it's just the Reese, uh, the Reese-only Legally Blondes uh, until the third one comes out. Uh, um, they're putting out uh, pop star never stop never stopping oh that's fun yeah that's very cool that's a good one uh, hang them high oh um, great awesome uh, one that I'm very uh, excited about uh, four weddings and a funeral yep uh, they're putting out used cars which got a big reaction and people were very happy about used cars uh, backbeat um, I that is uh, I assume it's a dance movie. No, uh, Backbeat is, isn't it uh, the movie that's like about the Beatles or it's like supposed to be? Oh, is it? Oh, maybe. Maybe it's one of the, uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm wrong. I think it's about the Beatles. Um, yeah, here's one that's like, I, okay. T- going back to home video nerd things. Do you ever have a thing where it's like, I don't like the movie, but I'm excited about the release. Sure. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So they're putting out a dances with wolves steel book. Okay. Which will be the first time in home video history that the theatrical and extended cuts are available in one package. Yeah, oh, cool. They've only ever put them out one or, or the other. So that's, so even though it's been on a Blu-ray before, this does look like something there, mm-hmm. uh, um, going all out on. And again, even though the movie's not that great. Right. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen the fucking four hour extended cut. I definitely haven't. Um, they're putting out California with a K. Great. Um, I mean, not great. It's fine. I actually never seen it. They're putting out when Harry met Sally, which is a great movie. Yeah. Um, I mean the existing Blu-ray, which I have, uh, looks surprisingly good. It, it, I mean, it's a bare bones mm-hmm. release. So I'm assuming they're hopefully putting together some special features. Yeah. Well, they, uh, I mean, that. Rob Reiner, um, did a whole new interview for the misery release, which oh, came out right. earlier this year or, or late last year. I forget which. Yeah. Um, uh, and so I, I think what's, what's really great about Shout Factory is that filmmakers really respect that they respect the movies. Uh-huh. And so they want to do more like John Carpenter. They put out uh, They Live, 
as like a test. Like here, this is what we can do with your stuff. And so since then he's like everything he has the rights to, he's like, yep, let's put it out. And so like, even yeah. like Halloween, which he doesn't have the rights to, he, they ended up putting out like a big box set of all the Halloween movies th- through anchor Bay and universal and all okay. that stuff. So it was really, I think that's really they cool. They put out like Prince of darkness or whatever. Is that what it's called? Yeah. They put out Prince yeah. of darkness. They put out, um, uh, memoirs of an invisible man is not out yet, but it's oh, yeah, coming that's out. Right. And, um, you know, in the mouth of madness, which is a movie I love. So that's really cool. And like, same with David Lynch and same with like Werner Herzog, they put out a big, huge Werner Herzog box set. And, and like, filmmakers just like the fact that they are yeah. paying attention. So I, yeah, I could see, you know, after misery, it's like Rob Reiner's like, yeah, what else can we put out through you yeah. guys? You guys are great. Um, another, uh, personal favorite of mine. So there's a movie that I watched a lot as a kid. Uh huh. Then uh, a year or so ago, one of the stars of the movie passed away and I was like, I should revisit that. And I was like, turns out I was right. This movie is fucking great. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Never seen. Never oh, seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. So good. So funny. Glenn Headley is the female lead. Oh, yeah. Um, and I've all I loved Glenn Headley my entire life. She was uh, we used to talk about on the old Paul Goebel podcast. Uh-huh. There was a question of like, um, like when you were a kid who was the first like adult celebrity that you had a crush on. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. It probably wasn't Glenn. It was probably, um, Valeria, Valeria Golina from rain man sure. and, uh, from big top peewee. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and hot shots, yeah. uh, was probably my first, but Glenn Headley is definitely up there as the, the first grown woman that I thought was yeah. uh, super attractive. Uh, so rest in peace, Glenn Headley and dirt out of schedules is great. So that should be cool. Um, speaking of Steve Martin, they're also putting out the jerk, which has never really yeah. had like a special edition. No. Um, that's great. Um, that's a good one. I wonder if Martin's going to be involved. It, well, I'm glad you asked because they show they, they didn't show any clips, but they showed a still of a special feature. Here is Steve Martin and Carl Reiner. Oh, great. Uh, being interviewed together. Super so great. Steve Martin is going to be involved in, in the special features. Um, okay. So that's just the shout factory stuff. Right now let's get onto the scream factory. Which stuff. kind of more my bailiwick. Uh, <laughs> all right. Good. Word. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you'll know some of the stuff about movies. There are movies on here that I've never heard of and the movies on here that I've heard of, but have never seen. Okay. So the first one is one I'd never heard of. It's another horror comedy. I don't know if you're a fan Saturday, the 14th. No, I'm not a fan of that. That's okay. like a spoof of actually, you know what? It's not even a spoof of those things. I think it's like a ghost movie. I think Richard Benjamin's in it. Yeah, it is Richard Benjamin. No, yeah, get out. <laughs> Not interested. Yeah, I think that maybe either predates or is like right around the time of Friday the Thirteenth, but it has nothing to do with slasher movies. Okay. Um, next up, I've never seen it, and it's never been on Blu-ray before. Screamers, starring Peter Weller. Oh, that's got like horror. yeah. I remember seeing that when I was a kid. Screamers, and uh, uh, it's based on a Heinlein oh, novel. I think sense. it's, but it's 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 kind of just like a desolate future planet where there's like little robot monster things yeah. that come and eat you. I remember wanting to see it, but my parents were very strict about the R rating. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I did not get to see it yeah. when, it, when it came out. Uh, another never been on Blu-ray before that I am excited about, even though I haven't seen it in 20 years and I don't know if it's actually good, but single white female, the, uh, uh-huh. Barbara Schroeder. I um, bet I would like that again. Thriller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, yeah, I remember liking that movie uh, when I was like in high school. Well, you got your Bridge Fonda. Yeah. You, you got your, your Jen Lee. Those are both great yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's uh, it's directed by Barbara Schroeder. Yeah. And well, who's really it, yeah. underrated. He's in the Criterion Collection. That's true. Now he's on Shout. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Obsession? I, I don't even remember what this movie is. Oh, is that the uh, uh, um, Brian De Palma movie? Yes. Brian De Palma's wow. Obsession they're putting out. 
Um, that's I watched that one last year because I have a. Um, a region two region B, uh, arrow release of it. Cause I was going through a weird De Palma thing where I was like, I love this guy, but also I hate him. <laughs> um, but that one's like his, uh, vertigo, I guess. Okay. Okay. It takes place in Venice. It's really, or, uh, Florence rather. It's really pretty. Um, here's a movie, uh, Br- Charles Bronson vehicle that I've heard of, but never seen 10 to midnight. Uh, no, I haven't seen that one, but I want to, I think that's a, uh, um, Michael winner, maybe directed okay. thing. He directed several of the death wishes. Um, okay. Makes sense. Uh, Starman. Oh, yes. Finally. Starman yeah. can be added to my collection. <laughs> um, John, John, John Carpenter. Yeah. Aforementioned John Carpenter, uh, Dracula, Prince of darkness, uh, from hammer. Wow. And that's then a fun one. Also a tease that later in, in the year or early 2019, there will be further hammer releases. Great. From Scream Factory. Because I'm a huge hammer head. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not what we're called. <laughs> um, but, um, they, uh, millennium releasing, which was, I think a small release. They, they put out Dracula Prince of darkness with some decent special features. And also Frankenstein created woman, uh, as like a, let's try out the American market uh-huh. with these. And I guess not enough people bought those because those are the only two that they made. And so like, uh, scream has put out a couple of hammer movies, like f- some of the later ones, like vampire lovers and stuff. But then it's fallen on, you know, some of the kind of lesser, to your like synapse releasing, which had, you know, hmm. they have some good stuff once in a while, but sometimes it's a real bare bones. Um, but then otherwise it's all, um, studio canal region B stuff. So if okay. they're going to be putting out stuff, I means I'm going to have to double up on hammer movies, I'm a huge <laughs> hammer fan. Um, another movie of my, or came out when I was young that I never saw cause I wasn't allowed to see already movies, the craft. Sure. Putting out the craft. Yep. Um, uh, my boss, Rachel Hine will be very excited about that. Uh, sleepwalkers. I can't remember what this is. Now. That's, uh, I think based on a Stephen King short story, it's uh, Mick Garris directed. It, oh yeah. Okay. And it's got, right. it's, it's about a creepy mother daughter. No, excuse me. Mother son, like possibly incestuous, uh, blood sucking monsters thing. Uh, okay. But it's got Machen Amick in it. So that, oh. that should interest you. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, silent night, deadly night part two. No, I don't care about that. <laughs> it's, it's a cult classic. It is. I don't like the first one. Uh, I've never seen either. It's um, the most dour Christmas movie I've ever seen. Have you seen, though, uh, a movie called Silent Night, Bloody Night? Yes. That that's one I a like cool a lot. Movie. Yeah. 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 Um, that's not on the list here. No, but no. that is a cool movie. That's a cool movie. Um, yeah, I went through, uh, maybe it was last Christmas or the Christmas before, like the first time when I saw Black Christmas for the first yeah. time. And I, so I went through like a... Uh, Christmas horror kick uh-huh. and I saw Silent Night Bloody Night which I loved and I ever also saw Whoever Slew Auntie Rue that's which is yeah. silly that was uh, in that weird period when they were just like the titles of these movies they, they first of all they have to have old lady murderers uh-huh. and then they have to have really <laughs> long dumb names yeah yeah but uh, that's the very long tradition of once respected character actors yeah. landing in, in that, in that case it's, uh, uh, Shelley, Shelley Winters, yep. uh, is, is Auntie Rue. Hmm. Slew Auntie Rue. Anyway, um, back to the movies here. I'm almost done here. Urban legend and urban legends. Okay. From the nineties. Sure. Uh, but separately, not un- unlike legally blonde, this is not available for <laughs> two pack. What is available as a package, all four critters, the critters collection, cool. Uh, I've never seen up. any of the Critters movies. Um, I remember seeing them on TV when I was a kid. Yeah. I remember um, the poster loomed large yeah. for some reason. Cause I think it was featured in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Um, and I saved this one for last because it's, it's literally one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Candyman coming oh, to cool. Scream Factory. That's Blue. great. I'll be definitely picking that one up. 
Um, cause that really is, it really is an incredible movie. Yeah. That's a, that's, uh, that's the case of a movie that I liked when I was young and then revisit as an adult and realized that it was like, Oh, this is even better. Like there's way more going cool. on. This is a way smarter, way more, are you know artistically minded and thoughtful movie than I thought, and it's still a badass horror movie. Yeah, uh, with the great Tony Todd. Yeah. Um, all right, that's great. And so that's all, that's the rundown of. And they're also putting out Creep Show, which was announced before. Right. Yes. Yeah. They're doing Scream is always like my top. Like yeah. I'm so excited when they put out stuff. Um. So you know there's going to be a Creep Show series on Shutter. You know about that? Uh, I didn't, but that makes sense. Okay, this is an anthology series, and so I was at a, a different party on Saturday. I went. To, I got to go to a daytime party, uh, um, just because I happened to know someone who could get me on the list. Sure. Uh, and it was a party. It was party thrown by uh, Bill Prady, executive producer of The Big Bang Theory. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I was at this party. I was talking to my friend who was wearing a Creep Show shirt, and a guy came up to him and was like, "Oh, you know, Shutter's doing a." Uh, a series and the guy was like oh yeah uh, like uh, and he was like my, my friend was like uh, who are you and he was like oh I'm so and so I kind of run Shutter. <laughs> awesome <laughs> uh, so then I ended up sat- yeah I ended up sitting with the guy who runs Shutter and kind of getting to uh, my friend talked to him about Creep Show I talked to him about Joe Bob Briggs because they just did that uh, Joe yeah. Bob Briggs marathon um, looks like they're going to do more of those that I one really, was a yeah. success for them Filmstruck and Shutter are basically like you don't need anything else like, yeah I keep Netflix and and uh, Hulu just around. I don't yeah. even pay for one of those. Oh, okay. Um, I pay for both. Yeah, Hulu, I think, is... Uh, my wife definitely thinks Hulu is worth it because of the te- television. Because a lot of TV shows. TV yeah. series. And, she like, new the, stuff. The Handmaid's Tale. stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm, uh, since I have Hulu, I'm interested in the Castle Rock series. I watched the first episode of that. Yeah? I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. There's, yeah, two more, I guess, already dropped. Um, yeah, I'm excited that Hulu is an online platform that does week, weekly releases yeah. as opposed to all at once. Because I'm agree. Uh, not nuts about that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited right to watch Castle Rock. But I wonder if it's going to make me feel inadequate as a Stephen King fan because I haven't kept up. Like I haven't yeah. read a new Stephen King book in like 15 years, so I don't right. know if there's like references. I'll be like, oh, I guess that one went over. Well, my if there head. were, they went over my head too. So, yeah. So okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Then Friday, you know. Uh, uh, made Joss Whedon uncomfortable that night. <laughs> um, did you do anything else on Friday? No, I feel like there was there was some decently sized news on Friday after that. Um, well, I think the, uh, I'm not a fan of this, but I think the biggest news I remember hearing, I think it was on Friday, was that the Clone Wars is coming back. That's right, yes. Is that what it was? Yeah, that yeah. was a huge one. Yeah, that seemed like about the biggest announcement as far as who i follow on twitter right. during comic-con that seemed like it was the biggest announcement of the weekend for a, yeah. for a lot of people and that came out of nowhere for a lot of people too um because no one obviously it was it was a 10-year anniversary clone wars panel that then turned into hey guess what we're doing this and it's that's going to be the uh, a 12 episode series on disney's soon to be released at some point uh streaming service right which is going to be yeah. They're saying it's going to be a Netflix killer. Is anything a Netflix killer? I don't know if it's going to be a Netflix killer because Netflix has so much original yeah. content. You know, it's not, I don't know. But then again, I don't know. It's like, it, like we think of, uh, people who are in our spheres think of HBO as like the home of like great original programming. Right. But to this day, like most people who have HBO are just using it to watch movies, you know? So I wonder yeah. if people are just, if once like, you know, 
Rogue One and Doctor Strange or whatever. Uh, I don't know if Rogue One's still on Netflix. Last Jedi's on Netflix right, right now. Yeah, I think they all are, yeah. And Doctor Strange um, and Guardians 2 or whatever. Like, once that's gone, maybe it will uh, cause people to cancel their maybe. subscriptions. But I still feel like it's mostly... Yeah, but you got stuff like Nailed It. You gotta uh, keep watching Nailed It. <laughs> yeah, Nailed It, yeah. Um, I'm sure you can still watch all three seasons of Hemlock Grove. I'm sure that's... Oh, my God. That's the thing about, about Netflix, that. is even when something's canceled, it's still always it's available. still there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was that first uh, one? Lilyhammer? That one with uh, 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 yeah. little Stevie Van Zandt? Uh, yeah, Stevie Van Zandt, Lilyhammer, yeah. Was that before Hemlock Grove? Yeah, I think, I think okay. Lilyhammer was the first Netflix thing. Um, Original. I remember Hemlock Grove had a panel at Comic-Con. Um, but it's not what, okay. The, but I, I was also thinking of, uh, cause Comic-Con, well this year we saw increasingly we see Comic-Con kind of go the, I mean the program, there's always been later night programming, but there's more of it after six and seven yeah. every year it seems like. And they put stuff like, I didn't go to the Deadpool two panel, which turned, I guess I didn't go either, but it turned out to be nothing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure know. they're just, so like the home video release, right? I is think so. Yeah. Everyone was thinking like there was good. They were going to show something like they were going to tease maybe like more X-Men movies there or something yeah. like that. Cause that was basically like Fox's kind of one thing. Yeah. No, but no, because Fox was also there on Thursday with the predator, right? That's them, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So Fox had two panels, I guess. Um, but, uh, I was thinking about how like it, it used to be harder to see panels for like hard R content right. at comic-con and they've definitely loosened that up a little bit yeah. but do you remember there was a year that uh piranha 3d was supposed to have a panel and then like comic-con basically said like no we can't and they ended up doing a panel like just like at a bar or something oh, that's like, funny. ran it out of space sure and just did the piranha 2 or piranha 3d uh panel um please piranha 3 double three that's right i really uh I don't know. I, 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 I watch plenty of horror movies. I've seen, I see plenty of gore. Piranha three double D really upset me. Like yeah. it, it is incredibly gory. Um, and it, 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 like, I didn't see it. Okay. So there's a, um, the big attack cause it's like a spring break thing. Right. So the big attack, like everyone's on like a floating stage or on boats or everything. And all the piranhas attack all of these college kids at once. And it's been, I think half jokingly, but not entirely uh, irrationally compared to the opening of Saving Private Ryan. In the <laughs> sense that it's ju- oh it's God. just like fifteen to twenty minutes of people getting killed by promise. Oh <laughs> it's uh, it's really really gory, and I found myself like uh, kind of uh, um, like I felt like I had PTSD. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I can handle a lot of stuff, but uh, I don't know. There's something about the gleefulness of it. I think, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that is an issue. Yeah. 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 It's just like you're watching it. And, and I, I always have a problem with a lot of slasher movies too, is that it became about the ways to kill people. Right. Yes. And it was yeah. just like, and that was the eighties all over. Like it was, that was what the eighties, it was either action movies where it was just wanton bullets flying through people. Yeah. And, or slasher movies where people just get torn to pieces yeah. or their heads would get ripped off or turned a different direction. It was very, it was like cartoony violence. Yeah. But like, yeah. yeah. And, and going and there back, was some it's crossover like, there too. Cause like, Arnold Schwarzenegger throwing a pipe through a guy right. in commando and then saying, let off some steam or whatever. That's like, that's a Freddy Krueger yeah, yeah, joke, yeah. right? It's all the same. Yeah. 
that was, and it's so weird to me that that was all just the same. Like that was the eighties to me is just like guys <laughs> with giant arms and big guns or, Jason walking around and like ripping people's heads off. It's yeah. it's funny to me how if there are good like really good or smart horror movies from the eighties, that seems like they're now sort of rising up or like yeah oh yeah remember that like like what are some examples um, you can think of? Well, like Hellraiser is gory, but it's like it's there's something smarter about Hellraiser. Yeah. Um, there, I was, maybe I should rewatch Hellraiser because I like it, but I never really thought of Hellraiser as being particularly scary. It's just like it's yeah. weird and it's really gory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's macabre for yeah, yeah. Um, but like you know, um, Carpenter made some good movies. Mm-hmm. You know, great actually some horror movies. Like The Fog is. I mean, that was I've kind of before. The Fog is really cool okay. and it's creepy. Like it's you know a ghost fog rolls in, and you know ghost uh, pirates kill people. And they're really neat. And, um, you know, the thing is super gory, but it's also really smart. Um, and, and, you know, even the howling is silly, but it's also like, yeah, kind of, uh, well done. Um, now I'm going to repeat something that came up very recently in the podcast. Um, about, you mentioned the thing talking about what, what you find scary. Cause one thing that's always fascinating to me is that, all kinds of people can love horror movies, but different people are scared by different things. Uh-huh. And, all often, and I remember when, when Tyler and I were doing the, I can't remember if you were on this, um, uh, commentary. Mm. Uh, maybe this wasn't on the podcast. Maybe I was actually talking about this. With yeah, you. I think we were talking about it at Comic-Con. Okay. So this wasn't on the podcast. So yeah. I'm going to repeat a conversation right. that you and I had at sure. Comic-Con. Um, yeah, uh, we were talking, we would do the alien invasion. It was like predator, the thing signs and independence day. Yeah. And we were watching signs and I was like, well, clearly this is the scariest of the four. And Tyler was like, no, I think the thing is way scary. And I don't, I personally don't think the thing's great, but I've, I don't know. I'm not like scared by it. I think because everyone's really putting their heads together and trying to figure it out. And some, and I find some sort of like self, so false solace uh-huh. in that. I know it's futile, but just the fact that they're doing their best sure. is kind of, kind of mm-hmm. keeps me from getting scared. It's like a, uh, whereas signs, it's just, they don't know what's going on and they, all they're trying to do is hide in the basement and make it through the night. And that's like truly terrifying yeah. to me. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean that it preys on the, the unknown. Well, uh, you know, HP Lovecraft, who is uh, a writer that I have gotten into a lot over the last couple of years, his, his famous quote off often quoted is the oldest and strongest emotion is fear. And uh-huh. the oldest and strongest type of fear is fear of the unknown. So, and I feel like actually both signs and, um, the thing kind of do that, but it's, yeah. it's much it's more about like the response to me and it's, and it's actually, it's what, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of something outside coming in or are you afraid of something inside already in there? And so right. that's sort of which like, is, that's a definitely more yeah. Lovecrafty in the idea of something that's always been there and yeah. is older than all, which I, I love that. I, I do love that idea. I just don't find it uh, particularly scary. I'm trying to think if there are any. What is it, what are, what are the best movies based on Lovecraft? There's Reanimator. Reanimator is is a funny is a fun and that and and that's not a that's not at all a um like myth you know Cthulhuian uh-huh. type of yeah. cosmic horror. It's just kind of like his weird riff on um Frankenstein essentially. Uh so that that's a really good movie from beyond um, Stuart Gordon, that. another Stuart Gordon movie. All all the best ones based on yeah. a Lovecraft book are actually from Stuart Gordon. 
Um, did he do a Lovecraft adaptation for Showtime's Masters of Horror? He did, as yeah. Well? Uh, Dreams in the Witch House, and that's yeah, it's like at a boarding house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a good. That, that was, was a good. good. Yeah, that, I like that one. That one's very um, mytho- mythos related. Yeah. Um, and then he did another one called Dagon, um, which is the one that is the most like. Yeah. Um, you know, it's fish people, people, yeah. people in a seaside community have communed with this fish God. And so they're all sort yeah. of fishy and are trying to do that to people. Uh, I want to see that movie, but I'm, I'll never be able to divorce myself from working at a video store in Missouri and my coworker jokingly referring to like looking at the box art and, and referring to it as that Dagon movie. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I hear yeah. when I see Dagon. I think that Dagon movie. Um, I'll, and then the, so those are the three Stuart Gordon ones that are good. The other one that's really good is not by Stuart Gordon. It's by um, Dan O'Bannon and it's called the resurrected and it's based on, see, I uh, don't think that's a good movie. You don't think so? No, I, I, I like the I, effects and everything, but the bar of Lovecraft movies is so low. Yeah, that uh, so. But in terms of cosmic horror, uh, that is not based on Lovecraft. The, I mean, Carpenter did it. Yeah. The, the thing and um, uh, um, at the mouth. Nope, that's the book uh, in the mouth of madness. Uh, and then bits of Prince of Darkness are okay. are sort of apocalyptic and stuff. But and then also, I think the most recent um, Alex Garland movie, Annihilation, is super cosmic horror. Okay, because it's like yeah. you're staring into the abyss of something you can't understand. Um, speaking of, so we, I didn't like the resurrect. I feel like we spent so much time praising scream factory that I can talk shit about some sure. of the movies they put yeah, out. Yeah, why not? I didn't like the resurrected. They also put out, uh, the most boring Lovecraft movie I can ever, that I've ever seen, which I think is called the Dunwich horror with, uh, Oh yeah. With, um, uh, uh, Dean Stockwell, uh, Dean Stockwell is in it. And yeah. there's some other like big name actors. Sandra D is in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She gets like, uh, sacrificed in maybe like a weird sexual oh, way. Oh, right, yeah. And you and you would think that would at least be uh, exciting. No, or it's a boring movie. It for is sure. so. Boring and it also, <laughs> it's. I think that was uh, not the first, but there were some earlier AIP movies based on Lovecraft, which were whatever, not very good. And then this one was like 1970, I think. So it was mm-hmm. all kind of like weird and hippie-ish. But yeah, it yeah. also did something dumb where it was like. It's set in Arkham, Massachusetts. You know, uh, they they're um, Miskatonic University's there, and then they just have the Necronomicon sitting out in a case. It's like you can't just have it out. <laughs> hey, look at this—the Necronomicon. If you read from it, it will raise horrible monsters. Like, put that away somewhere. Um, let me see, because I feel like we're missing another like big cast member. Uh, Who else is in that movie? Um, uh, oh, Ed Begley. Oh, sure. Not Ed Begley Jr. Like right. The Ed Begley. The old man. Yeah. Sam Jaff. Jaffy. Jaffy, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talia Shire shows up. Oh, I don't as remember a nurse. Talia Shire. Uh, Sam Jaffe crazy. is in a, who was in a bunch of those weird kind of Corman produced movies, but, uh, he was in the asphalt jungle, which I just for the first time watched and Never it's it. really good. Okay. Um, all right, let's move on to Saturday. I don't yeah. have much to talk. I'm, I spent Saturday walking the floor, mm-hmm. um, picked up, uh, uh, I, uh, bought an MST3K shirt, the Shot Factory. We're like really dwelling on Shot Factory. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, need, I, I didn't get that shirt. I should. Um, the one with all the robots on it. Uh, yeah, and it's them. It's a uh, uh, crow and servo, right? Yeah. Um, going to the masquerade dressed as each other. Oh, that's fun. No. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, uh, yeah. So I got that. Um, picked up a picked up a nightwing hat i was uh <laughs> all right <laughs> I, I this is speaking to you 
And I just feel like there's like Nightwing's cool, and I feel like there's not enough Nightwing branded stuff. Okay, you, know, you can get anything, uh, but it's weird how little Nightwing stuff there is. Uh, I always, I thought, I've always thought Nightwing was a cool character. Yeah. Um, because uh, the idea, I like, I guess I like the idea of a superhero who's one thing, Robin, mm-hmm. and then becomes a different superhero. Yeah. Um, he upgrades. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then there's the other Robin who says, who said, fuck Robin in that trailer. We didn't talk about it in the trailer. Fuck but Bat- oh, yeah. Oh, Titans. fuck Batman. Was well, that, that is Dick Grayson. Oh, that's Dick Grayson. Yeah. Okay. See, I don't know. Who's going to become Nightwing in that show, I'm sure. Okay. I don't know why I thought that was, um, Tim Drake. Uh, yeah, Tim Drake. Not, not, uh, Oh, what's uh, his Jason Todd? Uh, yeah, and also not Damien Al Ghul or whatever. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> dude. If they Damien is the worst invention of in Batman history, I think. Really, he's such a prick. Like, yeah, but I kind I, I kind of find that uh, I don't know. That's it only worked for the period of time when when Bruce Wayne was dead, and or okay. he was actually re- lost in time. It was terrible, uh, but where. Uh, uh, Dick Grayson became Batman. And so his Robin was Damian Wayne who wanted nothing to do with him. It's yeah. just like, this is stupid. I'm the one who should be Batman. I'm just a kid now. So I can't be, but like was always giving him shit. So that was the only time that that dynamic actually worked for me. Okay. But anyway, uh, very unimportant. Anything else happened on Saturday? Saturday, there was the big Warner brothers panel where they okay. got all the trailers. We can just rattle through those kind of quickly. The, uh, the uh, crimes of Grindelwald. Oh yeah. This was not, uh, okay. This uh, annoyed me and a lot of other people that Johnny Depp was there. Yeah. Because um, he should be a toxic uh, presence yep. like uh, like Chris Hardwick was for a month and a half, I guess. And now everyone's okay with Chris Hardwick again. Well, there was also James um, Gunn was the other big one that weekend. Too. Oh, yeah. James Gunn getting fired for stuff that he tweeted quite a long time ago. And has and has apologized for apologized for and demonstrably changed that, uh-huh. that's the thing that bums me out the, about the james gunn thing is that those of us who consider ourselves social justice warriors or whatever which a that wasn't who uh no, no, was no. complaining about it was the it was all right all right people um but those of us who consider ourselves social uh, sjw's or whatever and push the idea of being woke we like the whole the whole idea of being woke implies that at one point you weren't and you right. can change like so we should be encouraging people to change we should be people who have yeah. changed should uh should at least uh get some reward for or not reward but at least some respect sure. for having changed well uh, there's also like the the argument that like you know robert downey jr was in jail a bunch of times for a lot of drug use yeah and yeah uh and then was hired on and you know that's like the rich, rags to riches story like he had kind of blown his chance and then got a chance to to be iron man and like yeah. took a lower pay uh paycheck than terrence howard did in that movie so like and now he's robert downey jr now he's like yeah the guy and and has produced all these other movies outside of that and so yeah it's just it just felt really like you know maybe they were looking for a reason to get rid of james gunn i don't know uh yes um i've definitely uh heard that conspiracy theory um i don't know but yeah so um yeah what was i saying chris hardwick wasn't at comic-con mm-hmm. um uh oh i was talking about johnny depp being there and the fact that not on stage at the same time but amber heard his ex-wife right. who has uh, is the one who has accused him of abuse and has you know some uh video and photos to back it up was also on the warner brothers panel yeah that seems 
I don't know. I, Granted, it was a long panel, and he was at the beginning, and she was at the end. But it still does not. It does not sit well with a lot of people, including me and you. Yeah, like we were. We talked about that Saturday night, and like how yeah. fucked up that was. Yeah, uh, but how was the panel? The panel seemed to be kind of okay. I mean, everyone was waiting for the the trailers. Like that was you know trailers are always the big thing. Uh, also, everybody loved Ezra uh, Ezra Miller coming out dressed as Toadette uh-huh. from the yeah. Mario franchise because he's a very tall man, uh-huh. and so wearing <laughs> a a, uh, a very elaborate pink. Uh, toadstool outfit everyone was kind of going nuts because that's like Sounds his great. thing he does that every year he cosplays every, he cosplays year. every year uh, so that was great um, uh, so yeah and and then then they did I'm forgetting oh the, the one that I'm actually the most excited about is uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters okay because uh, it's uh, Michael Doherty who, who did Trick or Treat and uh, uh the movie looks really, really apocalyptic yeah. in a weird way to me. Like, and I'm kind of stoked that it's like Godzilla and Mothra and Rodan and Ghidra, the three headed monster. So that reminds me, I don't think I meant, so screen factory is also putting out trick or treat. I can't remember if that was announced. Yeah. Uh, that was the bef- paint. So maybe okay. it was, yeah, I don't remember. Um, cause I didn't have it on my list for some reason, but they did show a bit of, um, Oh yeah, I have things I didn't. Yeah. There's a couple things I didn't mention. The, uh, that they showed special features for, they showed uh, a little bit of an interview with Michael Doherty. Yeah. Um, about um, the the main character, the character mm. Sam is that what his name? Sam, yeah. Trigger Sam, about Sam in. about the idea that he was like Michael Doherty was like actively trying to create a Santa Claus or Easter Bunny or whatever for Halloween. Like this was yeah. the Halloween. He's not necessarily the he's not Jason or right. whatever. He's like the Halloween mascot. Uh, and then the other one that I also didn't mention, uh, Exorcist Two, which no one cared about <laughs> that they were putting it out, but they had a new interview with uh, Linda Blair about having to learn to tap dance because I've never seen Exorcist Two. Exorcist Two is, oh man, it's a trip. Like I think uh-huh. you should watch it just because it's. I mean, it was made by John Borman, who also directed Zardoz. Uh, so yeah. just a, a crazy person, basically. Yeah, but also directed um, Deliverance, right? That's John Borman, right? Yeah. And uh, Excalibur. Excalibur, yeah. Yeah, those so. are two of my... I've listed a lot of favorite movies of all time, but I would say Deliverance and Excalibur are both probably in my top 50 movies of all time. Wow. That's yeah, pretty good. Probably. Yeah, but you haven't seen Zardoz. I haven't seen Zardoz. Yeah, um, or Exorcist to the Heretic, which is preposterous. Yeah, so apparently it was his... That's what she was saying. It was his idea that reagan like is now in like a tap dancing class in school yeah and so she the whole the whole part of the interview they showed uh this new interview with linda blair was about her having to learn to tap dance and <laughs> hating it yeah uh, <laughs> you also get uh richard burton in that movie constantly saying pizuzu just terrible <laughs> uh you know what i liked uh speaking of exorcist i liked the paul schrader one that uh uh-huh. that only only ever came out on video because they because they are on DVD. I cannot believe, I still can't believe that they were like, we don't like this movie you made. We're going to make a whole different movie. Yeah. What? Yeah. When does that ever happen? Yeah, that is pretty nuts. We didn't use any of the stuff you shot. We're going to shoot a whole new movie. Stone yeah. Skarsgård made two of the same movie, essentially. <laughs> yeah. We didn't recast him. Yeah. They were once like, we like Paul him. Schrader and once with Rennie Harlan. Yeah. Uh, but the Paul Schrader version is good. The only thing that sucks about it is because the studio obviously didn't believe in it. The effects are terrible. Sure. Cause they did not, they, they did not want to spend right. money for the effects. Have you seen it? Dominion? I haven't the, seen either of those ones. Um, yeah. I didn't see the Rennie Harlan one. Uh, anyway, sorry, back to, um, Godzilla, uh, Godzilla, King, of, King of, Monsters. of the Monsters. Yeah. So they used Claire de Lune in the, in the trailer, which everybody seemed to really dig. I read about that a lot. Um, but it just looks really cool. And like, 
uh, you know, really, as I said, apocalyptic, like this. And the whole thing is uh, Vera Farmiga's like contention is like now that we know Godzilla exists, there are huge giant creatures that we're trying. And, you know, Monarch, which is the, the kind of like clandestine organization that is in a, in uh, Kong Skull Island a little bit and okay. at the end. But they're searching for the Titans, essentially. Like the Titans are not big, giant human looking gods. They're big animal looking gods kind of thing. Okay. And they are the ones who will uh, set the set the world right. And so basically, I think it's going to follow the same path as the movie, the 1964 uh, Godzilla movie, Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster, where uh, Mothra has to convince Rodan and Godzilla to stop their petty fighting and to team up with her to fight Ghidra, the three-headed monster from Venus, I think. Okay, that um, sounds cool. Yeah, and it's so it seems like that's the way that they're going to go because Ghidra is in it, and also. So is not. Kong going to be in, or is it going to be like a tease? The one after that is going to have. I think it's supposed to be Kong versus Godzilla. Okay, but I bet we see Kong. I right, think we, I think in this one we have to. Okay. Um, what else is on the Wonder so that Woman? That was cool. Um, they showed some Wonder uh, Woman. F- Wonder I, I just called it the Wonder Woman panel, <laughs> which is what it should have been. They showed some Wonder Woman footage, which was not released. Um, but it seems oh, like um, our That's reporter fun. who was in there seemed like he was pretty up on it. Um, he thought it was cool. They had Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot and uh, um, Best Chris, Best Chris, Chris come out um, and kind of just talk about the movie. And then they showed the trailer for Shazam, which I was not looking forward to Shazam in the least. And yeah. I think it actually looks really funny, which I think okay. is going to be, it's like big, but if big were a superhero movie, yeah, which I think it's kind of cool. Um, but it's Zach Levi. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've talked a lot, uh, in recent years about how it's no longer a big deal when movie actors go to TV. Mm-hmm. It still feels weird the other way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> like I do feel like, Oh, good for him. Yeah. He's, he's well, he was up. in the second and third floor movies. Uh, oh, is that? I never. I only ever saw the first one. Uh, uh, he replaced Josh Dallas, I think, as one of like Thor's friends from Asgard. Oh, okay. And then he's barely in the third one because everybody gets killed right away. <laughs> 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 but um, so yeah, it looked it looked funny, and it um, you know it was directed by David F. Sandberg, who's the guy who directed Lights Out and Annabelle Creation. So I was kind of like. That, that's a, an odd choice for yeah. Shazam, but it actually looks pretty cool. And then they showed, yeah. I had a friend who worked on lights out said he's a, that David F. Sandberg is a great guy. Oh really? And okay. Like maybe he's still relatively young, I guess to Hollywood, but he was like, my friend was like, he's the least Hollywood like director yeah. that I've ever worked with. Yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, I think that that seems, I've seen interviews with him and he's just kind of like, you know, I'm just here. I think it's crazy that I'm making movies and stuff like yeah, that. I kind of yeah. like that that perspective. And then they showed uh, the Aquaman trailer, which looks fine. Like it, you know, people were like, "Okay, that looks all right." Um, it I, it's got a really cool design element to it. And uh, um, James Wan talked about how uh, he was influenced by a lot of Japanese cinema, um, and and how. Um, not Aquaman himself, but I think one of the other characters is kind of modeled on Toshiro Mufune's character from a lot of Kurosawa movies. Okay, cool. Um, so I think that's cool. I think there's going to be a lot of you know design elements. It's just if you can get past Jason Momoa going, yeah, my man, <laughs> which is something we still yell around the office all the time because <laughs> Justice League's a terrible movie. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I guess, curious about Aquaman. Yeah, yeah I, right. Because uh, I like the idea. Um, that 
look, I'm, I, I think I'm part of the part of the critics who, you know, uh, get paid by Disney to uh, <laughs> to praise Marvel movies. Now, I do tend to like the Marvel movies more. But what I liked about Wonder Woman is that DC seems more willing to have franchises within their big franchise that have their own tone. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like the Marvel movies, like they differ a little bit, but mm-hmm. there is still, there's a general Marvel movie feel yeah. that's in all of them. I don't know if I've told you my, my theory about the Marvel movies. The Marvel <laughs> movies are Chipotle. Okay. Where every, you, you go there and you're going to be satisfied. Yeah. It's, it's going to be pretty tasty. It's never going to be the best Mexican food you've ever had. It's also not going to be the worst Mexican food you've ever had. Yeah. You're going to feel pretty good afterwards. And, and once you've gone once, you know what you're getting. And you know what time. you're getting. And there's enough different, like you can change it up enough yeah. to where it's like, Ooh, now, you know, this time I'm going to have barbacoa or like this right. time, you know, I'm going to have, this time I'm going to get the corn, the, right? The corn. So there's enough, like the ingredients are all there and they kind of just mix, mix them around. And when that starts to get old, Hey, look, they've been in, in, in uh, they've got queso now or they've got uh-huh. sofritas or something like that. Yeah. And, then, and then something like <laughs> Thor Ragnarok happens and it's like, Oh wow. Now that's just an out and out comedy. That's just a silly movie, but it's like, it's still at the end of the day, you're still eating Chipotle. Yeah. Whereas I, I like the two things you said about Th- Thor three is a, everyone dies and B it's well, a silly movie. All of those characters, <laughs> nobody cared about dies and it didn't know it's, it's, it's a very, it's a funny movie. I mean, yeah. cause it's on the occasions that they let, auteurs be auteurs in uh-huh. within their big franchises those are those obviously stand out yeah but then there are the ones that have to fulfill story um, beats and those do not i'm gonna let you finish your analogy but I, so i said that chris pine is the the best chris i felt that way for a long time but funniest chris is it hemsworth or pratt of the four chrises I think if I now I think it's Hemsworth because it's more it feels more effortless with him. Like Chris Pratt feels like he's being a comedy guy. Yeah. Um, and, and as funny as he is, is Andy Dwyer. I think that's yeah. one of the best characters yeah. like anyone's ever played. Um, that is a very specific character. Whereas Chris Hemsworth has the like, I'm a very handsome kind of dumb guy. Yeah. And it just it kills me every time yeah. in everything that he's in. Chris Evans, by the way. Is, can definitely deliver a joke if it's sure. on the page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's a funny guy to hang out with. Do you know no, what I mean? I don't no, get that yeah. impression. No, no, no. But I think of him as uh, what is it? What is his name in in uh, in Scott Pilgrim? Lucas? What is it? I don't remember. It's like a, he's a famous like yeah. action star. It's like two two names. Uh, the part when he's he's just on the phone and he go and he, and he like and he's like. Huh. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> uh, There's a great. Uh, did you see Infinity War? Or you know, uh, yeah, I did see Infinity War. So that yeah. my favorite part of not my favorite part, but one of the parts that I really liked in Infinity War was I liked the whole thread where Thor and Groot and Rocket had to go do stuff. I thought yeah. that was really great. With and then Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, and when they got to Earth. Uh, He's like, my friend, the tree will do something. And then, <laughs> and then he goes, I am Groot. And then he goes like very earnestly, I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> I really love that. That's it's, very funny. Cause there's not a lot of cap in that movie, but like that was the moment yeah. where it's like, ah, oh, he's still, I mean, he's still that guy. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, Marvel is Chipotle. Marvel is Chipotle. Uh, and I feel like the X-Men movies are Taco Bell. Okay. <laughs> Cause <laughs> for some reason you want, you just have a weird craving for Taco Bell and sometimes they make you feel real bad. Yeah, that's and, true. And then sometimes you're like, you, you, you know, you eat a cheesy gordita crunch and have some cinnamon twists. And you're like, this was great. Yeah. I know it's terrible for me. Yeah. I know it's not as well made as, as the Chipotle burrito, but this yeah. is the thing that hit the spot. And you're so making for, me want some, 
some Taco Bell right I now. I love Taco Bell. Yeah. But it's like, I, I, I like the, the X-Men franchise or just the, you know, that the Fox X franchise because they swing for the fences and sometimes they just utterly whiff. And then sometimes you get something like a, a Logan or like a, a, you know, I really like Days of Future Past because it's okay. like it takes chances that sometimes pay off. So that's sort of, I, I don't feel like, because, you know, when I say this now, people are like, oh, Infinity War wasn't a chance. It's like, it was not. It was the most calculated thing you could possibly do. <laughs> yeah. And also, nobody's dead. Like, don't believe the hype when they're like, I think I think a couple people are dead. I think four people are dead. I'd, yeah. But I think anybody who got dusted is coming right. back. Yes. There's the, no way. The four people who died before the right. dusting, yes. I think, are dead. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm sad about a couple of those. Yeah. Uh, and that's... That's true. What's yeah. the fourth one? Uh, you, okay. get your, you get your two as, I mean, spoilers. There's two at the top. You get your two at the top. There's one in the middle. Which is the big one, I yeah. think. And then there's one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, pre, just pre-dusting, there's right. one. I think that one stays. Um, I think you're right about that one. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sad, more sad about the second two than the first two, I guess. Agreed. Um, but maybe that's because I didn't see enough Thor movies. All right, we've come close, dance enough to s- closer to spoilers yeah, for yeah. Infinity War. I know everyone's, everyone's seen it. Everyone's seen but, it. It's the highest um, grossing movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you finish your analysis. Do you have a DC for this? DC, I think, is like uh, uh, maybe like a Del Taco or something. Like Although Del Taco is good now. Yeah, Del Taco is good um i was trying to think of another like just like uh the kind of uh, maybe i don't have a but it's like uh going into some non-franchise mexican eatery where you're like this could be super authentic and wonderful or it could be like what you know they're probably scraping you know uh roaches off of it before they hand it to you um yeah speaking of del taco for the longest time so i actually uh St. Louis no longer has Del Tacos, but when I was a kid, they did. It was this weird uh-huh. thing in the middle. None of the rest of the Midwest no, had Del Tacos, had it, yeah. but there were two in St. Louis. They've both since closed. But I, so I, I did, and also, like, they were both near places. Like, once I was, like, a high schooler and into, like, punk rock and stuff, like, like places where kids would go to hang out, mm-hmm. both, like, had Del Tacos. So I weirdly, like, associated Del Taco with, like, cool. Um, and then I moved here, and they're everywhere, and I kind of lost some of that. But <laughs> I always just ate the Mexican food. I never right. ate, because I always had burgers and fries. And to this day, I've never had a burger at Del Taco. But I never ate the fries. And my, my wife, who grew up in Southern California, grew up, she was like, what are you doing? you got to eat these fries. So I've finally eaten the fries in the past co- few years, and I'm going to put them top five fast food wow, fries. Wow, really? They're so good oh wow i have to get some of those all right now i'm gonna do my top five fast food fries sure like the four of them immediately leap to mind mcdonald's is number one yeah yeah um they do a lot of bad but their fries have yeah. remained good yes uh this one is weirdly controversial but in and out i love in and out fries mm, not for me um i like a crispier fry uh del taco okay I'm going to go with another uh, SoCal chain, uh, Tommy's, original Tommy's chili burgers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. fries Those are, good, are yeah. so good because they're specifically made to, to stand up to, yeah. to chili. Like, so you can get chili cheese fries and they're yeah. not just a, a wad. A, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Arby's curly fries. Yes. To round up my five. Absolutely. Yeah. They are. They've never tried to do the regular fry they're like we know you're either going to get a potato cake or the curly fry <laughs> and we don't blame you definitely yeah, not just, a, it's uh, definitely not a burger king fry wendy's uh, are okay no yeah yeah wendy's are okay carl's jr's okay uh, yeah all the other ones are okay um 
Remember when Burger King did the saddest fries? Do you remember they did the like, yeah, healthier fries? They were bad. What does that mean? Um, but they just opened a, an Arby's in my neighborhood. I haven't been yet. I like an Arby's. Me too. I haven't been in a long time. Uh, let's go. Let's end the podcast. Right now, let's, and go to Arby's. let's go. Um, a- anything else on on Saturday? You no, I feel like Aquaman? that was about it. And then that was no, that was the big thing because that was the the morning panel, and we had to follow the news, and it was basically a two hour long panel where they showed a bunch of these yeah. trailers, and we you know we followed that, and then after that, I was kind of pretty much done for the for the rest of the weekend kind of like there yeah. wasn't much else to follow and that's again what made me feel like like you could feel the missing marvel and the missing hbo and the missing um you know there wasn't like another big thing yeah to to occupy the rest of the weekend yeah. and there was like i mean the rizza had a panel in hall <laughs> which i love yeah. the rizza but like there's not a lot of news that's going to come out of that you know yeah i think one of the big surprises to a lot of people in terms of uh panels that were expected to be well attended it ended up being hugely well attended was and it's because of this so friday morning the uh the good place panel oh, in the yeah. indigo ended up being huge and i think it's because even though you wouldn't think the 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 um fan bases overlap i think tv fans are tv fans mm-hmm. and i think any other year those people would have been in the game of thrones line right because that's the big tv show yeah. and that's friday that was all like game of thrones is to friday as marvel is to to saturday mm-hmm. um except it's not at the end but in terms of Hall H draw. Uh, so I think, and also uh, good place was also right either right before or right after Steven universe, which is also an enormous draw. Yeah. Um, uh, which I've still never watched Steven universe. I haven't either. Um, Actually. I think the, the adventure time fan in me has always been a bit resentful that Mm -hmm. it like sort of Steven universe came along and kind of supplanted adventure time as like the best show on cartoon network. And I want to be like, no, adventure time is still good. Yeah. Yeah, But, uh, everyone tells me, uh, including the aforementioned Kate Kolzik who loves Steven universe, that Steven universe is great. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we reached the end of the, then we then, well, the highlight of comic con was you and I got sushi. We got sushi Uh, with Ryan from the criterion cast and your lovely wife. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a great place that you guys had found last year, I guess. Yeah. So there was another place right by Petco, yeah, that, which I had been before. Uh, yeah, uh, and that was a sushi place that we used to go to. Uh, Ryan and I and whoever else uh, used to go to every Saturday night at Comic Con. And then last year, like we just assumed we were going. And last year, I happened to cut by that, the, and it was empty. And I was like, "Oh!" And so yeah. we scrambled from this place, Full Moon, which is uh, which is good. But uh, I miss Dragon's Den. I do too. Um, yeah, because Dragon's Den had kind of a like Full Moon feels like a restaurant, uh-huh. and Dragon's Den felt like. It was like a bar and grill, except it was Japanese. Right. You know what I mean? It had yeah, like yeah. kind of a chill, like all the tables were really low. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, like I like that. that. And I, I, so I'm on a diet because I'm I'm getting married later in the year. Right. And congratulations. Thank you so much. And I am trying my hardest to not be fat uh-huh. for for that purpose. And I, so I'm doing uh, uh, Weight Watchers, which you know my my fiance has been doing it for the past six months and has lost 40 something pounds like wow. she's great she's doing great and so by osmosis i have been eating better but i haven't been sticking with it so i had for the past like month or so and i you know lost 10 pounds feeling feeling already good my first month and then you go to san diego and i'm trying my goddamn hardest yeah. to eat properly and it's so impossible it's very difficult because it's yeah. like you have to know where everything comes from or like you know so the sushi was great because it was like i know this is going to be fish which is no points uh-huh. you don't have to count fish and uh you know rice is a little a little bit and i didn't even have rice because I, I just had avocado because it was like a poke stack thing yeah it looks good and it was good and it was just and the, but like breakfast i 
you know, it's like, you don't know if that was cooked in butter or not. Uh-huh. And so it was really hard to, to remain. I ate a lot of protein bars cause I knew exactly how much those were. <laughs> and all I wanted was to not completely throw my diet out the window. Uh, all right. Well, um, on that fun note, on that very fun note, uh, we will be certainly talking to you again on the podcast sure. at some point and uh, probably about comic-con next year. Um, probably. I, I, I went through a period of like in recent years where I've been like, maybe at some point I'll stop going to comic-con. It's certainly not what it was, mm-hmm. um, 13 years ago. It's not even what it was half that, mm-hmm. uh, six or seven years ago. Um, but I just, I just always have such a fun time yeah. and this year, not being there for the first two days and missing it so much. I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to fall yeah. out. I'll fall completely out of love with you Comic-Con. Do it. So, uh, yeah. So, um, let's see. You can find, uh, me at battleship pretension.com or on, you can email me at David at battleship pretension.com or you can follow me on Twitter at Davy pretension. Um, Kyle, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at functional nerd. Um, you can also listen to, I do, I am on several podcasts now. This all, all of the sudden sort of happened. Uh, you can still listen to the classic horror cast, um, which is much more of an occasional podcast now than a monthly podcast. Um, uh, at ch, ch, what is, no, it's classic horror or you can find it on battleship pretension. I think yes. still, um, assuming that you guys send yeah, us the week when you put <laughs> listen, one of our, one of our, uh, uh, the three of us moved to Prague. So it's become uh-huh. very hard to oh, record. I'm going to Prague in a couple months. Uh, well, I'll, you should hang out with Eric. I'll um, look him up. Uh, I do a monthly Doctor Who podcast about the writing called Doctor Who the Writer's Room, dwtwr.libson.com. I have been, uh, I'm the new co-host of a podcast called uh, Doctor Who the Memory Cheats about randomly selected Doctor Who stories. You just talk about them. You don't know what you're going to talk about. Uh, and that's at thememorycheats.com. And then uh, the aforementioned Form podcast, which is on Nerdist and anywhere you get podcasts, yeah. Form podcast. Um, Voltron. Now, I know I'm supposed to wrap up here, but I know I have a question about Doctor Who. When you refer to Doctor Who stories, yes. you're not necessarily referring to specific episodes. Because some episodes were... Yes. Or some st- many stories were yeah, multiple especially episodes Yeah, in, in the old days, it was all serialized. So um, four was usually four episodes was usually the, the standard okay. number of episodes per story. Sometimes they would be, you know, occasionally there'd be like a two parter. Uh-huh. Most of the time it was four. And then sometimes it would be six. Uh, uh, there was one eight parter. There was one 10 parter and there was one 12 parter. Wow. At a certain point. So generally when we say stories and even still in the new stuff, I just say stories cause it's, it's easier that way. Cause sometimes it's two parter, but that's still considered a story even in the new stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, thanks. Uh, Now you know. (laughs) Now I know. Uh, Thanks at home for listening, and we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 